So if you have your Bibles, open up to Exodus today. kind of had two sermons in my pocket today, and I really wasn't sure which one it was going to be, but I think this is it. Exodus 15, and uh, we'll begin in... Uh, Where are we going to begin? Verse 22. And we'll call this today, No More Bitter Waters. Everybody say it. No more bitter waters. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for the country church, everyone that's here, everyone that might hear my voice, Lord, later through the CD or whatever it means. And I just thank you for the awesome work of your Holy Spirit, to reveal and unveil your word to us, O God. And I know that this is a passage you've been giving me more light on in recent days, and I just just pray that that light would come forth, that, Lord, you would even reveal more than you have before uh, as the word is spoken, that uh, lives might be changed through your word. You said you sent your word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. So I just thank you for your holy word. And just the the anointing of the Holy Spirit, we just welcome you, Holy Spirit, to teach us and lead us and guide us into all truth and show us things to come in Jesus' name. And all the people shouted, Amen. Amen. All right, let's read this passage first of all. And beginning in verse 22, it says, Moses, so Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea and they went out to the wilderness of Shur. And they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. And when they came to Merah, they could not drink of the waters of Merah, for they were bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called Merah. And the people murmured against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? And he cried to the Lord and showed him a tree, which when he had cast into the waters, the waters were made sweet. And he made for them a statute and an ordinance. And there he proved them, or tested them, and said, If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and will do what is right in his sight, and will give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. And they came to Elam, where there were twelve wells of water, and threescore and ten palm trees, and encamped there by the waters. Praise God. How many know water is good? Amen. For those who fast, long fasts, you know, they have told us that, and I, I wouldn't have an experience this myself, but you can fast quite a while without food. You can go like 40, even some people 50 days. But water you've got to have, you know, and the most you could go, I think, is in the natural, is about four days. I guess Moses fasted without water, but that was a supernatural fast, and God must have supplied him with the water in his system to be able to survive, because you can't survive without water. Amen. Amen. How many know it's the same in the spirit? You can't survive without water. Water is a type of the Holy Spirit. Jesus talked about water. He talked about the at the woman of the well. He talked to to her about a well of water springing up to everlasting life. He says, well, 
if you drink this water, you'll get thirsty again, but if you drink the water that I give you, you'll never thirst. And uh, Jesus gives us living water that springs up to everlasting life, and that's a picture of the Holy Spirit. In John 7, he again talked about water, and he talked about a river of water flowing out. He that believes in me, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. So not only are we supposed to have water, amen, but we're supposed to give water, amen. And, you know, thank God for a well or a fountain, but how much better, a river, praise God. And God's called us to flow in the river, amen, and let the river flow out of us, praise God. So water is essential both in the natural and in the spiritual. And in this little passage, we see that Israel went from no water to bitter water to sweet water to abundance of water. How many know 12 wells is an abundance of water? Amen. I think 12 must be a number of completion because it's used many times in the scriptures that way. And so there was that fulfillment. But there was something that some things that happened in here that really are a picture for us as New Testament Christians. And remember, whenever we look at the Old Testament and read passages and study the Old Testament, as Christians, we need to read it with New Testament eyes. Can I have an amen? Otherwise, we could get off into all kinds of strange things, amen? So we've got to remember that we're under the New Covenant and not the Old Covenant, praise God. So we need to see that. And we notice here in that uh, 26th verse that God identifies himself. He says, I am the Lord that healeth thee. And the original uh, language is Hebrew. It simply says, Jehovah Rapha. Jehovah Rapha. I am the Lord that heals you. Or I am the Lord, your physician. And I've come to tell you that God never went down to the courthouse and got a name change. Can I have an amen? He says in Malachi, I am the, I am the Lord, I change not. Amen? Jesus, in, in the New Testament, says Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? So he's not changing. Sometimes our circumstance, our experience may change, but we're not supposed to look at the Word of God according to our experience. We're supposed to look at God's Word as an eternal truth. Amen? And look to that eternal truth. So he says, I am the Lord that heals you, Jehovah Rapha. There's actually seven different names in the, in the Old Testament that are like that. They're compound names of God, and they're, they've been called redemptive names of God. In other words, they tell what he does. Uh, one of them is Jehovah, Jehovah Shammah. That's the Lord who is present. Amen. We can feel his presence. We can sense his presence. His presence is here with us today. Thank God for that. And then Jehovah Raha, that's the Lord our shepherd. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord our provider. Uh, Jehovah Nisi, and that's the Lord our banner, our victor. He is our victory, amen. And then there's one, Jehovah Sitkenu, starts with a T, T-S-I-D-K-E-N-U. It means the Lord our righteousness. Aren't you glad that we can have his righteousness, and we don't have to stand on our own. That's really what the gospel's all about. Amen? It's not about our righteousness. It's about what Jesus did for us to procure righteousness for us. It's the blood of Jesus, like we were singing about today. Amen? What, what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the 
blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. So these things are who God is, and he is the same. Amen. Yesterday, today, and forever. So here we have this account of Israel going out into the wilderness and finding bitter waters. But just to put it in context here, if you go back to the 14th chapter, it talks about Israel uh, coming out of Egypt, you know, and they went through uh, multiple trials to get there, and finally uh, Pharaoh relented and let them go, and they went out into the wilderness, and God led them down to the Red Sea. And then uh, Pharaoh and the Egyptians were upset because their workforce left. Amen? And they, you know, well, hey, we're going to have to work. We better go get these guys back, or otherwise we're going to have to do physical labor around here. So they went after Israel, and Pharaoh and his armies came out against them, and here's Israel camped by the Red Sea with Pharaoh and his army behind them. So God protected them with a pillar of fire by night and a pillar of cloud by day, so so that the Egyptians could not get them, amen? But here they are, they're still between a rock and a hard place. What are we going to do, amen? Have you been there? What are we going to do? So the, the Lord says to Moses, why are you crying to me? Stretch out your rod, amen? In other words, Moses, use your authority, amen? Stretch out your rod, and Moses stretched out his rod, and the Red Sea was parted, and they went across on dry ground. Can somebody say, praise the Lord? This is one of the great miracles of the Bible, amen? God is a miracle-working God, amen? And he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The Bible is a book of miracles. Nothing's impossible with God. He can split the Red Sea. He can do anything, amen? He raised Jesus from the dead, amen? Then nothing's too difficult for him. And so here they are. They're, they're, in, they're in this great victory. They come out the other side, and Moses stretches his rod again, and Pharaoh and his armies are swallowed up. And they start praising the Lord. I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. Horse and the rider thrown in this to the sea. The Lord, my God, my strength, my song, has now become my victory. So they're singing, they're dancing. And, and uh, Miriam and, the, and all the girls were out with the tambourine, shouting the victory, all right? And then they go out into the wilderness and find no water. Then they finally find this mud puddle that was bitter water, and it says, they murmured against Moses. That's what it says. And the people murmured against Moses, saying, what shall we drink? So they went from this great praise service, this dancing and singing, and shouting the victory and how God was their victory to murmuring. You know, in Philippians it says, do all things without murmuring and disputing, that you might be the sons of God, shining brightness in this world. Amen? Don't murmur. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't murmur. But you see, the tendency is, when we go through, when we go through difficulties... The tendency is to murmur. Why? Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Amen? So they face this bitter water, amen, and pretty soon they're murmuring. Amen? Now, how many of you ever came to a mud puddle? You know, they called uh, Mara bitter. Have you been to Mara? 
Marrow, to me, that represents the bitter circumstances of life, the hard things of life. It could be a betrayal. It could be issues in your family. It could be a divorce. It could be the loss of a loved one. It could be a sickness. Some pain that you're experiencing in life that you, that's just overwhelming you. Amen? And then you react, right? And you murmur. And I want to say this now. The problem that they had was really not so much this mud puddle. Although I'm not discounting the problems of life. They're real. But the problem was the heart. The problem is what's going on in the heart. Because you know what? They were walking with the one who split the Red Sea. Amen? And nothing is too difficult for him. Jeremiah said that. He says, oh, Lord God, you've made the heavens and the earth. Nothing is too difficult for you. So nothing's too difficult. But you see, we've got to keep our heart. In uh, Proverbs chapter 4, it says, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. See, out of your heart flows the issues of life. Amen? And, And so... You know, that scripture, if we look at it in context, is talking about health and healing. We're supposed to keep our heart full of the word, amen, and we're supposed to guard our heart, amen, and the things that pollute our heart are doubt and unbelief, anger, fear, hatred, amen. Those kind of things pollute our heart, amen. No more bitter waters. Everybody say, no more bitter waters. You know, out of the, in James, he says, uh, out of the same mouth proceeds blessings and curses. These things ought not to be. Therewith we bless God, and therewith we curse people who he made. And that's the way it is sometimes. Christians have come to church, and they're praising the Lord. They're lifting their hands. They're shouting the victory. Hallelujah, I love Jesus. They go out the door, and sometimes before they get in the car, they're murmuring about somebody. Criticize. Well, did you see how she looked at me? Did you see? Did you hear that scripture that Wayne shared? No, that was a good scripture. I'm just trying to think. You know, there's just so many things that the devil wants to stir us up and pollute our well. I've come to tell you that the devil wants to pollute your well. Can I have an amen? amen? Jesus came so that we could have pure water flowing in our lives. So they've got this dirty mud puddle, and Moses prays and says, what should I do? And the Lord showed him a tree. Has the Lord showed you a tree? The Lord showed him a tree. And when they cast the tree into the waters, the waters were made sweet. Well, I'm going to tell you, there's a tree of Calvary that'll make your water sweet. Can I have an amen? There's a tree of Calvary that will change things in your life, amen, that will heal you, praise God, and set you free. Praise God. And you know, the scripture says in Galatians chapter 3, verse 13, that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, as it is written, cursed is everyone that hangeth on the the tree. There's a tree of Calvary that breaks the curse over your life. 
There's something called the law of sin and death, and it's been operating very strongly ever since Adam sinned in the garden. Amen? And that sin was passed on the human race. But God gave us a solution through the tree, through the cross. And that tree, when it was cast into the water, it made the water sweet. And when Jesus comes into your life, he'll make your water sweet, and he'll bring healing to you. So he said, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, as it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles, and that we might receive the promise of the Spirit by faith. You see, it's the Holy Spirit that changes everything. This is the Holy Spirit that is the life of the Christian. When we're born again, our sins are forgiven. The Holy Spirit becomes our life. Amen? The Holy Spirit comes and takes up residence in us and bears witness that we're children of God. And the Bible said that when we're born again, the love of God is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Spirit. Love comes in our heart. You know, when I was born again, before that time, I wouldn't talk to normal people. I only talked to my kind, you know, the hippie type, the dope-smoking type. You know, we call them straights. The straight, we didn't want to hang with the straights. You know, they might turn us over to the authorities. We had a standoffish attitude towards them. But when I got born again, I had love for the straights <laughs> and the aints and everybody. Amen. Love. Amen. Love is, 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 a, is part of the new birth. Uh, one, one scripture says, you know that you pass from death unto life because you love the brother. Amen. Love is part of the nature of God. And when you're born again, it comes into you and makes you different. So the first thing we need, we need the cross. We need to realize that what Jesus did on that cross, amen, that he died for our sins on that cross. And, And he bore our sins and he took the curse that we might have the blessings of God in our lives, amen. And they buried him and he rose again the third day, amen. You see, God is a God of miracles. Amen? It's so important that Jesus rose from the dead. You read the book of Acts, they were always preaching about Jesus being risen from the dead. And uh, just think about it. Jesus could have went to the cross and died for our sins, and none of us would have known if he wasn't risen from the dead. The disciples would have given up in discouragement and desperation. But instead, they went out and laid down their lives so that we could have this message today. Amen? Because they saw him alive after he was dead. Amen? And we know that we are justified, amen, by his resurrection. Amen? God has said, you're forgiven, and you can have life. And he rose from the dead, and he went to heaven, and he poured out the Holy Spirit. But you see, we still have to guard our heart. Can I have an amen? We have to keep our waters clean. Amen? So just turn to somebody and preach to them a little bit. Keep your water clean. Come on. Tell somebody. Keep your water clean, would you? Amen. So now I want you to notice here in this 26th verse. 
He said, if you will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God and will do what is right in his sight and will give ear to his commandments and keep all the statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. So he gives them pure water to sustain life, but then it says he proved them, he tested them. And he gave them a statute and an ordinance. Now, the word statute, I looked that up in the Hebrew, it could just as easily be translated prescription. You know, when you go to the doctor, they give you a prescription, right? Take this pill three times a day. They might tell you something to do and then tell you something not to do. Like they might say, take this pill three times a day and no heavy lifting, right? So do this and don't do this. Why? So you'll be well. Amen? Well, God gave us a prescription. Sometimes we look at his prescriptions, we say, well, God's so mean, he doesn't want me to do this. No, no. He wants you to be well. He wants you to be healthy spiritually, emotionally, and physically. Can I have an amen? He, he, he teach, one scripture says, he teaches us to profit. Who's profit? Your profit. The things that he teaches you are for, for your good. Amen? So he gave them a prescription. He says, keep my commandments. All right? Now remember, we're New Testament. We're not Old Testament. But we still have some commandments. So turn your Bibles now to John. And the 13th chapter. Somebody say praise the Lord. John 13, and we will read verses 34 and 35. Jesus is just about to, he knows he's going to the cross, and he's preparing them for the time when he will be gone. He's giving them instructions. John chapter 13, verse 34 and 35. A new commandment I give unto you that you, what? How? As I have loved you. Now that's a tall order. You say, well, just, you know, kind of be nice. Jared, just come on, come on, just be a little nicer to your wife, come on. No, 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 no. He said, you love God's people, amen? Like I have loved you. Whoa. That's, this is my commandment, singular. Love one another as I have loved you. By this shall all men know that you're my disciples. Amen. If you belong to the right political party. Got quiet. Hello? He didn't say that. By this shall all men know you're my disciples if you have love one for another. That is the mark of a disciple. Amen? Loving people is the mark of the disciple. The devil's after that. He doesn't want you to love people. He's doing everything. He's working overtime to keep you from loving people and to get you into bitterness. And you know, there's a scripture in Jesus was talking about the end times. In Matthew 24, he says, 
Because iniquity shall abound, the love of many will wax cold. You know, that's an interesting... If you think about what that scripture means, it's, if he says your love will wax cold, that means you had love. That tells me he's talking about Christians. It talks about people who were once hot for God, once were walking in love, but became bitter, and their love waxed cold. It's a warning. It's a warning for the end times, because there's so much chaos and so much craziness, and people are acting so strange and so weird, it's just pretty easy to get mad about it. Am I talking your language today? But we've got to guard our heart, amen, and continue to walk in love. Because we are the people of love. And if we don't have love, nobody else is going to have love. Amen. It's got to come through us because we have the love of God in us. But the trouble is we get mad. Amen. You know, we're mad at the Democrats, or we're mad at the Republicans, or we're mad at the government, we're mad at the Congress, we're mad at the school board, we're mad at our mother, we're mad at our father. We're mad at our brother. We're mad at our church members. We're mad. We're mad. We're mad. We're mad. And pretty soon we're mad at God. Turn to Hebrews in the 12th chapter. You know, we're supposed to be like Jesus. What did Jesus do to the people that wronged him, that hung him on the cross? He forgave them. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Can I have an amen? Everybody say, no more bitter waters. Hebrews chapter 12 and the 14th verse. Hebrews 12, 14. Follow peace with some men. Oh, this must be one of those Bible-believing churches. I, I heard people correcting me there. Follow peace with the people that think like you. Follow peace with those who have the same skin color. This guy, this must be some kind of Bible guy or something here. Follow peace with those who think like you spiritually. You know, we can get mad at the church down the street. We ought to pray for the church down the street. Amen? We ought to love them into the kingdom. We can get mad at the Muslims. We ought to love them into the kingdom. Somebody say, yeah, but they're, they're, they're terrorists. Well, not all of them. But even if they are, we're still supposed to love them. Did you know the Apostle Paul was a terrorist? Before he was the Apostle Paul, can you hear me? He was literally a terrorist. Let's pray the terrorists become evangelists. Hello, are you here today? I think I'm jolting some thinking today, I don't know, but it's good for you. Can I have an amen? Follow peace with all men and holiness 
without which no man shall see the Lord. We're called to be a holy people. How do we be a holy people? Walk in love. You know, in Romans it says if you, if you keep the commandment of love, you'll keep all the other ones too. Because if, if you walk in love, you're not going to commit adultery, you're not going to covet, you're not going to steal. Amen. Are you preaching to me here? Pursue. Go after it. Pursue. That's good. That reminds me of uh, Ephesians chapter 4, where it says, Endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit, the bond of peace. That means work at it. I mean, if there's one thing that we need to work at, it's what I'm talking about right now. And it's getting harder, but we can do it because we've got the supernatural love of God in us. Amen? But you know, you need to beware of the things that would pollute your well. So he says, follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man will see the Lord. Well, what happens is we get blind to God because we've got all this bitterness and all this impurity, and it's keeping us from seeing God. He says, follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Looking how? Diligently. Diligently. What's diligently? That's what the farmers are doing right now. They're diligent about getting the crop in. I don't know where you're at with the crop here, but, I mean, our farmers in our area, they're busy. Because you don't know when that snow's going to start flying. And they want to get it all in. So they're diligent. Well, we've got to be diligent, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. And the word defiled there could easily be translated polluted. Many are polluted. I've seen this. People are polluted by bitterness. They get angry. People that once walked with God, they got in a church situation, got, a, got into some strife and left and never came back and lost their walk with God in some cases. It can follow you up. There was a man I met in Mexico. His name was Larry. He was a tremendous evangelist, street evangelist. And uh, he was in this church, this ministry, and he was out on the streets. And this particular ministry had some rules, which I don't agree with. But anyway, they wanted their young men to all show up with a shirt with a collar on so Larry's out on the street witnessing. He's preaching the gospel. He's doing Jesus' work. And he, he comes in and he gets corrected about having a T-shirt on. Well, I mean, it's easy to be offended by something like that. You're doing the Lord's work and here this guy's... And so he gets offended, walks out of there, and one thing leads to another. He becomes more and more bitter. He stops witnessing. He gets into drugs. He's got like seven addictions. Uh, carrying a gun and was ready to die because of bitterness. And someone got a word from the Lord and came to him and said, knocked on his door and said, Larry, I've got a word from the Lord for you. You're going to die. And Larry repented and got right with God. And last time when I saw him, he was a street evangelist. 
right where he belonged, amen, doing the work of the Lord. So it's easy to get offended, amen, in a church situation, a family situation. You know, many people are offended by something that happened 18 years ago. In fact, many people are offended by something that happened 50 years ago when they were a child. And it's easy to do that. But thereby, many be defiled. Amen? And, and so he says, uh, watch out, lest there any root of bitterness bringing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled, lest any man fail of the grace of God. Now, what's the grace of God? That's God's mercy, his forgiveness, his unmerited favor. And yet here it says, you can fail of the grace of God. How can I fail of the grace of God? The grace of God is on his part, not my part. But you see, when you have bitterness and judgment and unforgiveness, it fouls up your water, amen? It causes the grace of God to fail in your life. Why? Because you want to be forgiven, right? But you're not willing to forgive, amen? And that doesn't work. Can I have an amen? And in just a minute, I'll show you more clearly a scripture that tells us that. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person as uh, Esau who sold, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. Well, turn in your Bible to uh, Mark 11. How many love Jesus? How many want to obey his commands? How many want his victory? How many want his healing? Amen. Now, well, let me read this first. Okay, Mark chapter 11, 22. This is when uh, Jesus cursed the fig tree and uh, the disciples looked at the fig tree the next day and said, it's withered. Big surprise, right? Big surprise, it's withered. He said, Master, look, the fig tree you cursed is withered. Of course, <laughs> he cursed it. This is what Jesus, how he responded. Jesus answering said unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, whoever shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatever he says. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. And when you stand praying, forgive if you have aught against any, that your Father also may, in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive you your trespasses. So why is Jesus talking about forgiveness right when he's talking about believing God for miracles? It's because they go together. Amen? I think he's talking about it because they go together. Now, this is not the only reason we might not receive an answer to prayer. But it's a very, very important one. Can I have an amen? Are you with me? Amen. You know, the Bible said that faith works by love. All right? So if you have a love issue, where is it? It's in your heart. Amen? And your faith 
won't work. You try to work it. You try to confess all the right things, say all the right things. You're trying to work your faith, but it won't work. Why? Because you've got something in here clogging up the works. You've got bitterness. So he says, when you stand praying, if you have ought against any, other translation says, if you have anything against anyone. Are you here? Well, yeah, yeah I, love, I love people. Yeah, yeah, I'll accept them. No, no. He said, anything against anyone. If you, you are not supposed to have ill will towards anyone. There's an old saying, I, I don't think it's scriptural, but well, it, I guess it is scriptural. But I don't think it's a scripture per se, but there, but by the grace of God go I. <laughs> In other words, you look at somebody and you're pointing a finger at them, it could be you. <laughs> Hello? Point your finger, three are pointing back. Are you here today? Amen. Forgive. All right, we're preaching today. Turn to your neighbor, say, point, your, point to, poke them a little bit, say, forgive. Come on. <laughs> so we, here we have this passage where Jesus is really, I mean, I, this is like the clearest message on how to use your faith, right? How to use your faith. First of all, faith is of the heart. Amen. Second of all, you release your faith through your mouth. You can say to this mountain, you release your faith through your mouth. Thirdly, when you pray, believe you've already received it. All right? These are miracle principles, right? Now, when you stand praying, forgive. If you have ought against any, if you have anything against anyone, get rid of it. Oh, you don't know what my father did to me. Well, terrible. People do terrible things. Welcome to Adam's uh, existence on the world, on the earth. You know, it's the way it is. One day, Jesus come back, and and there will be no one will destroy or defile. Amen. Amen. But right now, we're living in this fallen place where the kingdom of darkness is operating, amen? And so we have to be different. We have to be in the kingdom of light, amen? But always the temptation is that what Satan's always trying to do is trying to get us to, to bite into this bitter fruit, amen? amen? To cause us to be defiled so that our faith won't work and so that our witness will be ruined, amen? amen. And I tell you, it's time to put it to stop. It's time for it to stop. Amen. No more bitter waters. Can you say it? No more bitter waters. Amen. Isn't the Lord good? Hallelujah, Father. We just praise you, Father. Jesus came to give us life and life more abundantly. It's all been provided through the cross. 
praise God. Holy Spirit, just move on our hearts today in accordance with your word. Your word has been read and spoken today, Lord. I just thank you for bringing the recognition where there's a need for change, where there's a need for repentance. And there may be those, Lord, who have never really truly repented. They can do that today, Lord. There may be those who started out with sweet water, but it's got a little pollution in it. It's time to repent. But I just thank you, Lord, for your precious Holy Spirit and the work you're doing today. Thank you.